Welcome to Season 5 of the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we talk with enterprise and technology platform leaders about the people, processes, and platforms that make marketing and customer experience successful, scalable, and sustainable. This is what creates an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advisor and consultant for Fortune 1000 marketing and CX leaders and teams as principal and chief strategist at GK5A and best-selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and Agile certified coach. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. To sign up for the Agile Brand newsletter and get the latest insights and articles on marketing technology and CX, or to purchase a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, go to gregkillstrom.com. You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. Today, we're going to talk about enterprise resource planning and how it can drive both internal success as well as successful customer experiences. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Nick Foy, founder and CEO of Silverdale Technology. Nick, welcome to the show. Hi, Greg. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, let's uh, let's get started by giving a little background on yourself as well as what you're currently doing with Silverdale. Yeah, absolutely. So you can probably tell from my uh, accent that I'm not really from these parts. Uh, originally, I'm from Scotland. And like every good Scottish kid, my first job was uh, working in a whiskey distillery. <laughs> nice. <And> so <laughs> so that, that's something that's kind of stuck with me right throughout my career. I've worked in the alcohol and food and distribution business for a long time. And Got myself into consulting in the ERP world. Eventually, I uh, worked at Amazon as well, which is a great experience of putting everything together. And then decided to start Silverdale and run my own company. And um, that's what I've been doing for the last three years. So, you know, steeped in, uh, I like to say I'm steeped in alcohol and supply chain. So, <laughs> nice, nice. Great. Well, yeah. So let's, let's get started by um, talking about enterprise resource planning or ERP and its value to the business. So first, can you describe, uh, you know, what's your definition of enterprise resource planning, just for those maybe a little less familiar with that term? Yeah, so ERP, uh, first of all, I hate the term ERP because whenever you say to someone, what do you do? Oh, we, we do ERP implementations. The next question logically is what the hell is ERP? <laughs> right. we, we try not to use that term, but the reality, that's kind of what the, that's what the industry calls it. I mean, if you're in this industry, it's what we call it. But if you're in a, in a in your own business, you don't really think about it as ERP. Really, what you're thinking about is you know a system that can manage the breadth and depth of your entire company. That's the, really the way to think about an ERP. It's about bringing all of your information and data into one place, allowing you to you know reuse data, reduce duplication, improve the speed of decision making, and visibility of information. And to get rid of a myriad of different systems that you might be logging into every day. So a good ERP system um, is kind of integrated with your kind of business operating system. Uh, and it's just about how you do business. Great, great. So how can ERP then allow for effective and consistent growth across a business? Well, first of all, you know, when you look at the world of ERPs, one of the things that they do is really allows you to to grow and scale in a way that doesn't leave you worrying about you know where all your data is and 
you know, making sure that things can be automated as much as possible. So you don't really have to worry about, you know, the 80% of the transactions that we all do, right? We all have customers, we all have issues, we all have, you know, invoices that we have to produce a P&L and a balance sheet every month. You know, we all have to do that. It doesn't matter what business you're in, we all buy, sell stuff, pay bills, you know, send invoices, et cetera, et cetera, right? So, and part of the ERP is about saying, well, a lot of that stuff can be automated or built into very standardized business processes, leaving you free to go and focus on the 20% of your business that really makes you unique and can allow you to compete against your competitors and in your marketplace. So the way we try and um, explain this to our clients is about saying, let's focus on the 80% of transactions first that are the same as everybody else. Let's get that as automated as possible, standard processes as much as possible. So you don't have to worry about that stuff and allowing you and freeing you up to focus on the 20% of your business that makes you you. A good ERP system should allow you to do that without having to worry about any chaos behind you. Yeah. yeah. And so to follow on that and talk a little bit more about process, you know, can you elaborate a little bit more on, you know, how can implementing the right processes be part of, let's say, a successful business turnaround? And, and how, do you, how do you know that the process you're implementing are even the right ones? Uh, that's such a good question. <laughs> that's such a good question. And I wish I knew the exact answer. I spent my entire career trying to figure that out. You know, in good lean and Six Sigma kind of background, you know, the, the saying of, you know, without process, there could be no improvement, right? So if you can't explain your process and you can't logically describe it, you know, step by step, any, you know, any process flow, there's a pretty good chance that you're never going to be able to improve that or to figure out where the issues are and the touch points. And, you know, uh, I see this all the time with our clients that you come into a business and you ask the question, hey, you know, what, what sort of state are your business processes in, right? And, the, you know, is it written down anywhere? And you get these blank kind of stares back, you know, yeah, yeah we tried that or we'd like to do that. And it's really just a good intention from a lot of businesses because quite frankly, you're too busy trying to run the rest of your business to you know, write things down. So the way we deal with that is that, you know, what you can't just keep saying to customers, hey, where's your business process? I don't have any, right? So, you, you know, you're gonna first thing you're going to do is create some of those processes. Now, our approach to that is very different in that, you know, the, a lot of the customers that we deal with, we actually have a library of about 150 standard business processes we think are best practice. Everything from managing a sales pipeline to creating an invoice to, you know, chasing outstanding bills to reconciling your bank account. We have business pro- business process library that details all of those out. So when we go to a client, we don't ask, hey, what processes do you have? We basically give you a library of, here's what we think best practice looks like. And tell me why these processes won't work for you. Because guess what? They work for all of our other clients. Maybe someone tweaks around the edge, but you know that's a very big point of difference. So we go to you with best practice processes, you don't have to create them. Yeah, yeah. And so you mentioned a little bit about, you know, how how a business owner or leader prioritizes. And, you know, so let's talk a little bit about the the short view versus the long-term view. So, you know, I've started and, and run a few companies of my own. And, you know, it's the it's great to think long-term strategy. And yet some, some days you just got to focus on the, 
on the short term and, and make sure the lights are on tomorrow and, and stuff like that. So, you know, how do you work with companies to to kind of balance those things? I mean, what's you know, I obviously every company is a little bit different, but you know, what's what's kind of the thinking that you try to instill in in businesses to to balance the short and the long term? Yeah, so I, you know, one of the important things is you know, it's, you're never it's never too early to invest in processes and dare I say in an ERP system, right? Even if you're just starting out or you've just got a couple of employees or you're really just trying to find your feet, you know, there really is no excuse to get going in the right way. Because trust me, it's a lot more difficult to do it after the fact, right? That, but, you know, I would say almost like a universal truth, I would say, in this industry, right? It's much more difficult to do it later. The best time to do it was always yesterday in this space. So it's never too early to get it right out of the gate. And, you know, with the ERP system that we work with, which is Odoo, you know, you can get started for a little as 50 bucks a month, right? There really is no excuse, right, um, to, to get going. And as long as you start in the right way and then you force yourself to keep within that ERP. So having, we call it a kind of Odoo first mentality, right? If I need to do something, I'm going to figure out how to do in the ERP rather than reaching for, the Google sheet or the Excel spreadsheet yeah. or the something else, right? Force yourself to use it because over time, the richness of that data and the being able to do things like, well, what is it? What was our sales like this time last, last year, doing year over year, quarter over quarter, you'll start asking those questions that you start to learn and grow and scale and having it right out of the gate is really going to help you, right? So it's never too early to get going. You know, there's really no excuse. A lot of the time we get involved, you know, way, way too late in reality. And it becomes a big kind of reorganization and re-engineering project. And that's why, you know, a lot of ERP projects traditionally fail, you know, is simply because it's quite far down the road. And it's, it's, a, it's a big re-engineering project at that point. Before we continue, let's take a quick break. If you're like many marketing leaders today, you're inundated with a need to improve the customer experience across an increasing number of channels and touch points, all while ensuring your team is performing well, innovating, and continuously improving. So how do you find the time to determine what's next for you, your team, your brand, and your customers? My company, GK5A, can help. Whether it is advisory services, evaluation of marketing technology platforms and solutions, or digital agencies and implementation partners, or assistance with creating strategic roadmaps and prioritization of efforts. We've done it all and served as an ally to Fortune 1000 brands and in industries like financial services, healthcare, consumer electronics, professional services, and more. You can learn more about these services and contact us at www.gk5a. That's www.gk5a.com. Now let's get back to the show. You know, you mentioned the the tendency to kind of go back to you know whether it's Google Sheets or whatever the you know whatever the 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 tools that are comfortable or, or familiar may be, but instead of using maybe the right the right tools or the new tools that that are that are put in place, how do you work with organizations to have? To me, that's having the employees learning to trust the process, which includes the the platform, but also the the, all the other stuff, the behaviors and everything that 
that goes along with that. So, you know, how do you, how do you work with teams to, to help them to learn to trust this process and, and when maybe is even the right time to question things um, about it if, if it's not working? Yeah. So I think the important thing to recognize here is we, you know, we, we employ a, a very deliberate way of implementing this. So we talk about mechanisms. This is something we've borrowed from Jeff Bezos and back in my Amazon days. And there's some really great stuff online about mechanisms. We kind of take it to the next level. So, you know, you've got to realize that the process is just part of the overall mechanism. So the mechanism is built on four main pillars, the process, the tool, adoption, and audit, right? They're the four pillars of a good mechanism. And if you haven't got all of those four things in place, don't be surprised that nothing happens or it doesn't stick or, you know, it becomes what we call a, a good intention, right? Um, yeah. We've all been there, Greg, right? We've all been in, you know, sessions and meetings and discussions. And we say, you know, we really should do something about that, right? Right. That is just a good intention. It makes us feel good for 10 minutes. Okay, we think we did something. In, in effect, we did nothing. Okay, we just made ourselves feel better for a few minutes and then we all moved on. And then a month later, something happens. It happens again. And we all look at each other and say, didn't we said we should do something about this? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we should definitely do something, right? And that's just a good intention. So what we do is internally, and we coach our clients to say, and we actually challenge to say, hey, is that just a good intention? Okay. Or are we actually going to build a mechanism? What's the process? Okay. Is it written down? Is it clear? Is it logical? Is there a flow? So is there a process? Okay. Is there a tool that supports that process and enforces it? That tool could be an ERP. It could be a whiteboard, right? doesn't really matter, right? Do you have a tool that enforces that process? And then you look at adoption, right? Uh, are users actually following the process and using the tool? And there are only four reasons why somebody wouldn't adopt, okay? It's because they don't know they should, so they're not aware that they should be doing it, okay? They don't know how to, so they need some training, okay? Yeah. They, um, they don't have access, so okay, so they don't have access to the tool or the right permissions. Or the fourth one, which is the worst, of course, they don't want to, Okay. <laughs> That's the worst yeah, yeah. to deal with, right? <laughs> and and then the, the last part is audit. So once you've got the process, the tool, and you've got some adoption, how are you going to audit to make sure that everything else is still sticking, right? So is it a dashboard? Is it a report? Is it a, an alert, a KPI, a metric, whatever it's going to be? So unless those four things are in place, then effectively what you've got is a good intention, right? Um, yeah. And don't be surprised that it doesn't stick. So when you talk about process, you've got to think about it as part of a mechanism and not just on its own. It doesn't do anything, right? A process without a tool, adoption, and audit, you know, just isn't worth the paper it's written on. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Let's um, let's switch gears a little bit here and talk about connecting the dots between internal processes and, and what we've been talking about, and then the the end customer or the the client experience. So teams within organizations can often become so focused on their own internal issues that they fail to properly understand and measure the connection that their internal operations have with their customer experience and satisfaction. What's the first thing that you look for to identify if or that this kind of gap exists? Yeah, so I think one of the first things we look for is this single view of the customer, okay? So we try and see, you know, how long would it take you to get a single view of every interaction that you've had with a customer or about to have with that customer, okay? And so, you know, can you see, for example, all of your CRM opportunities for that client? Can you see all of the help tickets that that client has 
logged with you over time and what's currently outstanding? Can you see how many sales orders are waiting to be shipped? Can you see how many invoices are waiting to be paid? Right? Can you do that quickly? And how many different systems would you need to go into to do that? And a lot of companies, the answer to that is, I can do it, but it's going to take me a day, okay? And I need to go yeah. into 12 different places. And by the way, I forgot my password for four of them, right? Uh, right. So, you know, that's yeah. very common um, for someone to, you know, when you're about to go to a client, I want to see what's going on across this, across my entire company for this specific client. Can you do that, right? And if you can't do that, then it's probably time for you to start thinking about an ERP, Okay. If you find yourself in a login to all those different systems, then, you know, then, you know, guess what? When you've got on the phone with a client who's just, you know, called into your company, how quickly can you do that? And we know, Greg, you know the companies that get this right and you know the companies that don't, yeah. right? Okay. You call someone, they know who you are as soon as you call, they can see everything. How many times have we, been on, have we all been on calls? Oh, I just need to log into my other system, right? Okay, right? Yeah, yeah. You know those companies, right? You get it right and the ones that get it wrong. And you've got to ask yourself, are we in the one bucket or the other bucket, right? Which bucket are we in today and which one do we want to be in? So that for me is a very good kind of barometer of how connected you really are and also how connected your employees are, right? So if your team can't do that, right, then you're not really setting them up for success, right, to really build that relationship because they just don't have access to all that information. So that, for me, is a really good place to start. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So, you know, you mentioned some some ways to, to start there just now, but, you know, what what about the longer-term process or, you know, how, how do you... I think, you know, initial adoption is important, but then, you know, co- uh, employees still need to feel that connection with customers and really kind of see that, I almost call it like a line of sight with the customer. So, you know, every, everybody in their roles, you know, should have kind of a, a, a view of their impact on the customer experience. How does, how does what you do or ERPs or, or other things, you know, how, how did that, how does that kind of help create that deeper connection with a customer, uh, with an employee? Yeah, so I, so I think a couple of things there. One is, you know, one of, one of the key ways of doing that is making sure that people have visibility of everything that's going on, right? So don't lock things away. Don't lock yeah. information away, right? You know, give people access to what they need to access when they need to access it, right? Whether that is in your ERP and having this great single view of the customer or whether it's just, you know, a simple wiki, for example, with information on it you know, or a way of searching you know, the, the knowledge that you've accumulated as a, as a business. So having good kind of knowledge management and giving people good access and ways of searching and, and actioning that, that data is really important. And I'd also say as well as making sure that you've got good mechanisms for follow-up, okay? You know, this is one of the things that where I think a lot of companies do kind of fail is on that visibility, accountability, and follow-up, right? Um, so when you're on a call with a client, we've all, we've all done it, right? We've been on calls and again, we make commitments about, oh, I'll get you that document or I'll do this for you or I'll get that for you, right? But again, yeah. what is your mechanism to make sure that's followed up on, okay? Um, do you have a way of capturing those commitments and following through? Because customers remember, right? Customers are like elephants, okay? They're going to remember everything. Um, right. And the next time they ask you for it, ah, shoot, yeah, you're right. I did say I was going to get that for you. Well, those small interactions and those small failures, right? They really build, okay. And there's nothing worse 
and getting on a call with a client. You know, it's scrambling five minutes before to look at, oh, did I do what I was supposed to do in the last call? Right? It's nothing worse than that. And clients can see that. They can sense it when things are connected and when things are not. And you've got to have a good mechanism to make that happen. It doesn't just happen on its own. So certainly access to information, don't lock things away, giving people the ability to search and find what they need when they need it, but also making sure that your commitments and follow-ups have a mechanism for that, okay? It doesn't just happen. People don't just figure this stuff out on their own. Yeah, yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. So uh, one last question before we wrap up then. You've given a lot of great advice already, but you know what's, what's one uh, final piece of advice you would have for teams that are they're evaluating their ERP solutions and you know, solutions to some of the challenges they, that you discussed earlier? You know, what's, what's some advice to them as they navigate the months ahead? Uh, yeah. So what, what I would say is be open, willing uh, to change your business process to match the ERP that you've chosen. You know, there's this whole school of thought that says that, well, your ERP should bend around the company and your process and et cetera, et cetera. But I'll tell you right now, that's a recipe for disaster. You know, there's a terrible statistic out there that up to 75% of ERP projects fail to meet their original objectives. Okay. And part, big part of that is due to customizing and going down a very custom route on your ERP system. So, you know, you've got to be willing to listen to your partner, always choose a partner who's going to challenge you. Okay. Bring something to the, to the party, be willing to listen, be willing to change your processes to match the system, to minimize the amount of customization that you need to do. That gives you the best chance of success. And if you're not willing to do that, stick to your Google Sheets, okay? Because <laughs> otherwise, it's going to be very expensive, it's going to take a long time, and it's going to be very frustrating, and you're setting yourself up for a very high chance of failure. So that, for me, is the number one thing. Be willing to listen and change and adapt your own processes to match the ERP, not the other way around. Don't expect it. Yeah, yeah, great advice. Well, again, I'd like to thank Nick Foy, founder and CEO at Silverdale Technology for joining the show. You can learn more about Nick and Silverdale Technology by following the links in the show notes. Talk with you next week. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. To get a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, visit my website, or you can find it on Amazon or other retailers. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, They craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile.